The Island Portugal Business Network is comprised of more than 150 member companies based in Portugal and Ireland. These companies are from a wide range of industries and professions and represent in excess of 25,000 people. Hello, everybody. Lovely to be here. Uh, just before we start, I'll just ask everybody to write a one word or a one liner about what you do, what services you offer as a business or what products you offer. Just as I'm doing my demo later on in the workshop, I might be able to make some references or some examples. I met some of you in, in the June visit, as was mentioned. Uh, but for those of you that I haven't met yet, it'll be allowed me to ideally apply some of this learnings as we go. Um, very brief intro to myself. Consortico is a cluster. We're a community. We work in digital sustainability, commercialization, exporting, um, and we have this spread, as Arnold mentioned, across local, uh, national, and a little bit of European as well, through the likes of Horizon programs and uh, the European Enterprise Network. So today we're talking about the Irish enterprise ecosystem. And to start off, I'm going to really break that down into the components of what that looks like and set the scene about what we'll be talking about for the next uh, 30, 40 minutes. So it is it is Ireland. It's very much Irish specific. And I'll go a level further to say it's the Republic of Ireland. It's not all Ireland. All Ireland. The north of Ireland has its own dynamics, its own specificities, it's slightly different. Uh, we're going to focus on the Republic of Ireland today. But these learnings, this method, this, these concepts can absolutely be applied to Portugal, to the UK, to Europe as a whole, or to specific territories, even as, as, as granular as cities and regions. It's a very specific type of strategy we're going to learn, but it will be Irish focused, at least initially. We're then going to look at enterprise and enterprise, as we know, are businesses, companies, organizations, but we're going to create a few differentiations, right? So we're going to look at SMEs, small to medium enterprises, and I'll explain why the focus will be on SMEs in a little bit. But in essence, the smaller companies, probably more like ourselves here, we're probably all in the SME category or familiar with the SME space. We're also going to look at something called HPSUs, and I would write that one down. It's a very important one. You can Google it later. You can check it out. These are usually 100, 120 top startups that the Irish government support every year. Comes out in about April. There's a big event. They publish the list. It's all available online. And these are the most heavily funded, highest innovators, really cool companies across the board. So we're going to look at that and just be aware of the HPSUs. And the third item is social enterprise. Social enterprise, no one's really talking about that yet. But this is to get ahead of the curve and to know what's coming next year and to be able to be way ahead in terms of your planning where possible. Social enterprises are businesses with a social good or value or community or even sustainability. So there's a lot in the enterprise section. And we're going to look at the ecosystem idea. What is an ecosystem? How do we map an ecosystem? Just get a bit of a sense around that. In essence, it's like this big network. If you see the visual on screen for a moment, it's like this just conglomerate of all the different actors, stakeholders, and entities. And in this visual, it looks a bit technical and complex, and it can be. So we'll learn some tools, some very simple templates. You'll take these templates away. You can fill them out. You can send them back to me afterwards, after the session. And this helps you understand the ecosystem. As Arnold mentioned, 
in the introduction, the layers of the ecosystem. It's all about understanding what's at the very core, the ground, and what's at the very top, such as public sector or whatever it may be. But I'll explain all of this in time as we go. The third item of the workshop is what we call the hybrid strategy. It's moving away from just private sector business development, B2B or B2C, and bringing in the public sector channel, bringing in public sector data, public sector grants, opportunities, all the different elements of public sector and fusing them together. So there's quite a lot. I'm going to keep this same pace. Hopefully it's not too fast. If it is too fast, just give me a shout. I can see the comments are lighting up in the chat, which is perfect. If anyone really wants to jump in, I can only see about four people on my screen. So just use the mic if you have an urgent question. It's absolutely fine. And uh, as mentioned, we'll take questions. I'll do about 20 minutes of talking, introducing the concepts. We'll do about 10 to 15 minutes of live demoing, introducing the tools. And then we'll have about 15 minutes for a chat and discussion at the end. Okay, cool. So from a very practical level, the Irish enterprise ecosystem is a national government strategy. We have nine regional ecosystems, as you see on the right-hand side. That text is a bit small, but I'll share this link afterwards. In essence, the country is split up. We have Dublin, and then we have all of the other sections of the country, nine in total. These nine ecosystems hold 120 centres. And this is an important point just to start off. Finding the centres, finding the hubs, finding the places where all of the entrepreneurs hang out, co-work, come for an event, this can be a very useful tool. If you go and try to find all of the companies, whereas you find all the centres first, it's a nice way to get in and multiply, get into a particular location, sector or market and go through the centres. It, it's a trick, it's a hack, basically. So just to say from the beginning, we're going to look at these nice innovative ways to get into the ecosystem. But at the very highest level, the macro, the zoomed out, there's nine regions and 120 centres across the country. To get into the theory and the strategy behind this, we're going to look at something called clustering, which some of you may be aware of. Enterprise Europe Network focuses a little bit on clustering. Another easier way to think of it is networking or network theory. I'll bring back in this kind of high-tech visual for a moment. Just rearrange my screen slightly for this part. Okay, so if we think of the Irish ecosystem, we want to try and identify where are your customers, first and foremost. The whole point here is to grow your business and engage, identify, engage, and scale new customer acquisition and development. This is the, the main process. Now, your customers exist in various parts of these ecosystems. They may exist in different parts of the country. They may exist in different communities. One way or another, they're embedded in Ireland as they're embedded in Portugal and any other foreign market you want to go for. What we're aiming to do is understand this ecosystem first in terms of structure. And the first thing to point out, SMEs, small to medium enterprises, make up over 99% of companies in Ireland. I mean, that's a massive, massive figure, just to let that set for a moment. 99% of registered entities in Ireland are SMEs. And it, it accounts for 70% of the overall employment. So there is a focus on SMEs, both in this workshop, 
in my approach, which I'll try and convey, but also at governmental level. The government really wants to support SMEs. There are lots of supports in place. And your objective coming from Portugal into Ireland, and of course, I know there's some people here that are based in Ireland, but your objective is to find those points where there are supports, structures, groups, clusters of SME development. Outside of that, in the overall ecosystem, we do have multinationals. There's a very strong multinational base here, the blue chip uh, type clients. We have our third level, which is very important. These are education institutions, incubators, hubs. They pump out businesses on a yearly basis, pump out startups. There's about 11 of these higher level institutions, and these are very good source points depending on you, your customers, your market. We have NGOs, social enterprises, as I mentioned, and this is a, a really novel area of development, particularly in Ireland. If you haven't looked at this sector before, it's a really nice place to start, and I'll explain why in a little bit of time. And then we have the public sector. Public sector in Ireland is very well developed. There's a lot of money, there's a lot of funding, there's a lot of surplus money. And as a result, the public sector are doing a lot in terms of innovation, digital sustainability. And we have a number of very commercially focused public sector bodies. I'll just pause there for a moment. Our public sector bodies that are responsible for tourism, for food, for exporting, for foreign investment, these are really good places to look because they understand the commercial journey, they have good budgets, and they get involved in a lot of very interesting work, which we'll explore. Okay, so apologies for the flashing here. I didn't load my screen in time, uh, so it's a little bit of a lag, but it shouldn't be too bad, I don't think. So again, the idea is outside of this ecosystem design, right? we want to really lock in who are our customers, really identify who is the target here, who do we want to talk to? If we had the phone ring and the sweet spot customer is on the end of the phone, who are they? What do they want? Why do they want it? Really understand what that customer looks like and why they're interested in your services. And then we put them in the cluster and we look at ways to identify them in the ecosystem or in the groups or in the regions. This is the, the high level concept to begin with. Okay, now that's all well and good. That's a nice concept but we need the practical side of this so what we're going to do is look at a very simple technique called mapping out the landscape or mapping the ecosystem and again if we take our structure our web some people call this the spider web it's a nice way to think of it if you take the web how do we start understanding where you can actually identify an entity or where you can start or where you can focus energy on so as mentioned, this is very practical, this next part. So we'll just watch the screen for a moment. We all know who our customers are. More than likely, we all have a pretty good idea of who we want to sell to. The first thing I'd like you to think about is switching your customers to your end users. So not who buys it, but who uses the goods or the services. So for example, if I sell a B2B professional service, the owner might buy it, but the HR director might use the service or the owner may buy it, but the end staff member, the team leader, may use and benefit from the service or the product. I imagine a lot of people here are service-driven, but products or services, same method. So what we're going to do is we're going to put in this whole ecosystem, we're going to put the end users 
people using, benefiting the goods and services at the core. And we're going to build some layers and levels around those end users. The six layers that we're going to look at. So again, in the very core of this are the people using the goods and services on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. And around them, we're going to map out who else is playing in that game. And we're going to try and label them a little bit different here and there. You know, how do how do we differentiate the different types of stakeholders? So we have our customers. And just to say this can sometimes confuse people. So just a very quick note, users and customers can absolutely be the same person. I can buy something and use it, but also I can buy it and give it to my business development manager. And that's where there's a difference. When it's a product, it's easier. You know, you buy it, you consume it. But again, just so you know, sometimes there's a difference between users and customers. It's a very quick point on that. After that, we want to see where are the communities, right? We're really jumping up a level here. If all of my customers, I know who they are, they're B2B HR directors. I want to know where do they hang out on the weekend? Where do they go for a coffee? What groups are they in on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn? What events will they attend every couple of months? The communities that your customers exist in are extremely important. Because if you know that this community has a certain amount of customers, then you just find that community here and there and there, and you can repeat the process now. Find more customers. I just ask everybody to mute, please. I'm getting a bit of feedback on my line. Everyone just make sure you're muted. Very much. So the next level up are the businesses. And I've done it this way on purpose. Sometimes people just jump B2B. I'm business to business. I go direct to business. That's absolutely fine. You can reorder this template if you wish. But you just want to make sure you know where the business exists in the community. And similarly, what communities exist around your business to business targets. At the higher levels, we get into innovation. We get into the, the P, and I'll bring this back in later, but peers and partners and collaborators. And the way to think about this is in the business layer, we're all business owners. We're all B2B. The peers and partners are maybe the one person like Arnold here who is B2B, but he has a different role. His role is about collaboration, connecting people, bringing people together. Similarly, there might be somebody on this call who does like grants, does funding. They're a peer, they're a partner, or an expert, someone here that knows about artificial intelligence, creative design. Yes, they're businesses, but they have a little bit more to offer. These are really valuable to try and identify. Who are the peers and partners in your sector? At the very top, we have the public agencies, government agencies, the European Commission, all of the public money that's available. This structure is called the landscape map. It's a template. So I'm going to give it to you blank after the session. And you have to think about it. You fill it out. Send it back to me. We'll work on it. Easiest way to think about this is bring a bit of eco design into the process. You bring in the tree, right? And your business is the tree. Best way to think about this. We're obviously talking about ecosystems in a business sense, but it does have a wider sort of application. And let's bring in our layers again. At the very core, you know, where the tree has direction, stability, structure, that's your customers and your users. Yeah, straightforward enough, very simple, linear, one line. 
But as we go up into communities, this is where we start to branch out, literally. This is when your customers start to diversify. They go off in different areas, different sections, as we can see. And as we go up through the levels of business and particularly of peers, this is where you have the widest spread of the market. This is where the tree has the highest conversion potential. The wider the tree, the more green, the more conversion from the sun. That's how the, the ecosystem in, in natural sense works. But for us, the wider spread we have, the wider our connections, our collaborations and our network, the more funding, the more supports, the more commercial opportunities we can access. That's the idea of this structure. And of course, at the very top, you have this just out of reach, I like to say. That's why it's just about tipping it. Public sector is a 2 trillion euro fund available at European Commission level. We're talking in the trillions, that the value of the government uh, channel, the, the business, the government, public sector is in the trillions across territories and countries. And the idea is if you connect with the right people, just drop down one layer. If you develop the right peers, partners, collaborations, you'll get some access to that top level. And that access can be grants, it can be securing tenders, it can be securing supports, or just finding nice ways of driving business. So this is what I want to teach you. I want to teach you to go from the very bottom all the way up to branch out and to be able to tap into some of this top level of what we call public sector. And that will be a template that I'll send you to help us with this. So we're nearly nearly there. This is quite fast paced. So I know, thankfully, we're recording it because uh, you may need to go back on this later on. To get here, we got to talk about the hybrid strategy. And this is really a lovely technique to develop business. And as I mentioned before, it's using your private sector sales strategy. When I say private, I mean B2B, B2C, business to customer, business to business. Where most people sit, most people sit within the B2B, B2C, or maybe a combination of both. So you start there and you track your market and you look at the trends and you do your business development, you post on social. Most people are familiar enough how to do B2B, B2C. What we're not so familiar with is bringing in the public sector channel, which we call B2G, business to government. In the same way, business to consumer business to business, business to government. And the B2G channel adds a new layer of visibility. And I'll show you that now in about five, 10 minutes when I start doing my demonstration. I'll show you what type of visibility we can get. And of course, we have this new perspective. We can look at the market from a different direction. We can get different information, new insights. We can actually get some really interesting information ahead of time but the hybrid strategy is when you combine these two together that you combine your private you combine your public sector and you get a very accurate pinpointing of your market and your sector and if you just look at the visual for one moment where you have this really fine point is where you can find specific activities of where the public sector and the private sector come together. And this is what I'm gonna demonstrate in a moment. So let's take a university. A university wants to build a new enterprise center. 
they release that contract, everything is public, everything is available. We can find the enterprise center before it is built. So we can find the person who's building it and then we make a connection way before it even happens. Similarly, we can see the Department of Trade just on a massive recruitment drive. They just hired 200 people. Okay, well, maybe in six months time, they may need some services. They may need some well-being supports. They may need some training. It's about having this really fine-tuned model of B2B, B2G. And that's what we're going to learn. But again, just so you know, in terms of why to bring this into your strategies, this approach will apply for every single type of business from direct to consumer all the way up, B2B, B2G. We have delivered this model to everybody from food, fast moving goods, finance, tech, traditional, right across the board, this model has an application. But the, the real key here is to see what's happening in real time. If you don't have visibility on what's happening today, yesterday and tomorrow, you're missing some insights. Whereas if you do have the visibility, you know where the money is going, you know who's getting it, you know what people are talking about, you are basically ahead of the trends, ahead of the curve. Now, there's all these other things we can look at, commercial modeling, investment strategies, lead generation, which I'll show you. But the, the real purpose is find your collaborators with this model. If I know who got the contract for the Department of Trade, I'm just going to reach out and say hello, you know, 200 grand contract, 200,000 euros. They may want to have a chat. It might be a good time to have a chat. And it's bringing this brand new piece of intelligence into the process. That's the idea. Okay, nearly there on time. So I'm actually a little bit ahead of myself here. So what I'll do is I'll slow down for this next bit and then I'm going to do a demo. I'm going to teach you some tools. But before I do that, let's just do a quick recap. We have B2C, business to consumer. That's where I as the business sell directly to the person who drinks the drink or eats the product or wears the clothes, consumer level, customer level type stuff. B2B is us, you know, business to business. I have a service, I sell it to you, you have a service, you sell it to Arnold, whatever way it goes. B2P is probably one you haven't heard. And the P stands for peer or partner. We'll say partners may be an easier one here. So instead of going and selling to businesses, how do I go and sell to my collaborators? How do I maybe not sell? How do I work with my collaborators? How do I link up where me and you sit down, we have a coffee and we come up with something new, which we can't do by ourselves? My expertise, your expertise becomes something in the middle. That's B2P. And the idea is the more you do at B2P, the more you can do at B2G, government. The more we collaborate, the more we can come up with something and bring it to the government. For example, I'm a commercial strategist. You might be a designer of this or a developer of that or a explorative, whatever it may be. When we come together, we can start synergizing our expertise. And we can start saying, okay, well, you know, we put this together and that together. That could be valuable for somebody. That could be an opportunity here. So the idea being that this is the tree structure I showed you a moment ago. You want to branch out. You want to connect with the right people. You want to see where you can strategically grow. And you want to get out further into the market that you're in. 
and you do this using public sector information. That's the idea. So this is a toolkit we've created, and the idea is we have a really nice way of visualizing real-time lead generation, we call it, or another way of looking at it is called lead hacking. And the idea is I'm going to teach you how to lead hack here, maybe one or two, we'll see how far we get. I have about 10 to 15 minutes left before we'll, we'll have a chat about this. So we'll see how much lead hacking we can do today. The best way to think of this is behind me, I have a shelf, okay? And on my shelf, I have four tools. And if I want to go out hunting, I want to go get my dinner. I want to go get my new business. I'm going to pick one of the four tools on screen. Now, the first tool on the left-hand side, I think everybody knows how to use the phishing net. You post on social media, post on Facebook ads, you know, you put an advert out, you cast a net. And you look in the net at the end and you might get maybe one customer if you're lucky. Typically, maybe not, but you might catch a few people and you let them go. The net is how most people do business. And I think, yeah, I'm going to call that B2C for now. So let's go back to our B2C, business to consumer. If you want to just hit the masses, general public, you typically use a net. And if they get in, they get in. Happy days. What I want to teach you is how to use a bow, a bow and arrow. And the idea being that if you are going B2B and you know who you want to talk to, we'll go out and we'll track and we'll find somebody. And basically with a very targeted bow and arrow, you take them down one by one. You're not trying to hit 100 people at once. You're finding the one person that you want, tracking, you're stalking, you're waiting, and then you're taking them down at the right time. For the sake of sale, of course, we're talking about business development. The other technique is the lasso, the rope. And the idea is, Arnold, I'm just going to use yourself again because we all know you. I don't want to take Arnold down. There's no point me taking him down. He's too valuable. I want to go where he's going. So if I loop onto him and I jump on top and we go together into that meeting, into that network, over for that trade visit, that's why I use the lasso. And this is what I mean about business to peers. We want to collaborate. We want to grow with them. So two tools, okay? We're going to start with the arrow. And I need a bit of interaction here. I'm going to review the, the chat now to get a few ideas to get going. But these are the two toolkits that you can take away and hopefully uh, play around with. So let me check my chat first and foremost and see what we're doing. So we have marketing, design, branding. Global hiring, skills, talents. I'm just going to go through them high level first. Enabling hiring, interior design, insurance, pellets, organic fertilizers, recruitment, uh, public sector, certifications. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave this open. Whoever wants to go first gets the first opportunity for this. Somebody say hello and tell me what you do. If not, I'll pick on somebody at random. Yeah, I can choose. I can. I... Well, I okay, let me explain a little bit more, right? I'm going to show you, everyone may be familiar with Indeed. Indeed is a, a global website. You have Indeed Portugal, Indeed Ireland, Indeed UK. This is the easiest way to generate a lead in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 60 seconds or less. That's my challenge. So the idea is you tell me what you do, and I'm going to try find you a lead in the Irish market in less than 60 seconds. That's the offer. Can I, can I try? Can I try it? 
Yeah, go for I'm it. I'm Josef Frontoni. Uh, what we do is uh, we provide international for international high skilled talents the opportunity to move abroad and connect with big companies and that are re- willing to hire international high skilled talents. And we prepare everything in this journey. And we are looking for companies that are are willing to hire international high skilled talents in Ireland. And, and where pre- are these individuals coming from? It's usually high skill talents from Latin America or from Africa. And we we have a platform to hunt in them and hire, select, vet, and immigrate, relocate, everything. And are we talking about every sector in terms of high skills or is there a particular Nash- sector focus? Now it's for tech. Tech, cool. So let's say React, if that's a nice technology that people are yeah, looking exactly. for right now. Nothing here. Okay, so let's take a look at America. We are, okay, so I'll explain how I'm doing this now in a moment, right? React plus Java. So I'm just getting keywords to get going. Yeah, yeah. You talked about high skills. So I just want to identify we're getting there. So there's a video explaining this, by the way, for everybody. So in Ireland at the moment, there's 51,000 job posts. It's the first thing. Okay, I just used the keyword there. Just nice and simple. Now, if I put in my... Uh, what do we say? React yeah. plus Java. That will bring us down to 150. So from the whole ecosystem, now we have very specific points on screen. The idea being that you want to use your keywords and your motivations here to see are there organizations who are potentially good for Jose? So what I'm using is my intuition here is two tech terms, React and Java skilled and exporting because that shows us they're working abroad or they may have a an appetite for people in different countries but let's see service now let's change around my screen service now and i'm going to just use control f here on my keyboard to just find exactly what's going on okay so experience with ui angular react view analytics so they they value high skilled workers i can see and now if i look at export we can see that they're definitely exporting. They're talking about US, they're talking about export control, export licenses. So they have a global impact and they value the different tech tech and skills that Jose has mentioned. Now, this is, of course, a demo. Keep this in mind. you got to do this a little bit slower. But the idea, Jose, is if you go now to ServiceNow, you go to HR Manager, you have a reason to talk to them. It's not just, here's my services, would you like to buy it? But I know you're involved in global exporting XYZ. I can see you have a current requirement for these services. Maybe we could have a chat about that, this type of idea. Would that make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Someone else, very quickly, and then we'll move on to the last two, because this is just the bow and arrow. This is just finding, and I'll, I'll bring your attention to this for a moment. Hello, this is Sam. The only company here. Sorry, fellow, one moment, sure. very briefly. This is the yeah. only company who, who responded to these keywords out of 50,000. And that's why your keywords are important. Paolo, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we met there in in, uh, in court, <laughs> as you yeah. remember. Well, uh, we are an independent insurance broker. I'm curious, how can I, I mean, how can I uh, show my business uh, and spread the news of my business in, in, um, in Ireland? Because our goal is to, I mean, to, to identify companies or or individuals there that want to come to Portugal because our business is in Portugal. So our business is not in Ireland. So that's 
So you want companies that are Irish companies going into the Portuguese market yeah. that need yeah. the business insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's let's do this one in two ways. And if I can't do it on this one, I'm going to move up to my peer channel, my, okay. my second tool, right? Simple okay. as possible, I'm just going to say Portugal first to see. And this is, you start as wide as possible and then you zoom in. So we can see here, I'll just rearrange my screen again. Bear with me. Okay, I'll keep going for a minute. I lost everybody on the screen, but you can still see me. So with um, this first touch, what we're doing is we're just seeing what's happening with Portugal. Okay, so why are people mentioning Portugal? What I'd be looking for is who's actually working in the Portuguese market. Mm -hmm. So we can see here, Orsid, I don't know these organizations, but they have a number of European locations, including Portugal. So the very simplest thing you could do, Paolo, is look at the 60 companies approximately that fit this bill. Mm -hmm. And then you want to go into using your keywords. And the purpose of the keywords is to use expressions and using quotations. So maybe new office. Let's see if we get that. It might be a bit too advanced. I'm going to take out Portugal for a moment just to show you how this works. When you put in new office, this can then give you all of the people that are opening new offices or have just opened new offices, as you can see here, your new yeah. office in Dublin City. So this is the way to use this particular technology. You want to use, or this tool, I should say, you want to use keywords and expressions specific to you and your targets. For yourself, Paolo, I'm going to move to the next tool because I think this could also be valuable. And I'll explain this tool in a moment as I'm going, but this is the government level. This is the government level of, whereas indeed is business to business, mm -hmm. this is the government. I'm going to type in Portugal and just see what we get. See, is there anything matching Portugal? This website is a little bit slower, so it takes a bit more time. Okay. And what I'm going to, all these search hacks are all going to be provided afterwards. I know it's a bit technical, but don't worry about it for now. If it doesn't work that way, I'm going to go to the back end here. So I can see now using a bit of lead hacking, it's called, who in Ireland are working with Portugal? Portugal. So let's see who we have. Okay, so Clare County Council, they're one of the 30 councils based in the west of the county. They have project partners in Portugal, mm -hmm. University, and Alto Duero, as well as some other geoparks here. So this could be a lead, potentially. Okay. But the real beauty of this is these posts tell you who won the contract. So oh. this is the person, and as I mentioned, this is always one person, Laura Cotter in Clare, has this contract. She's working with all these countries, of which there's four organizations. Okay. In Portugal. We, can, we can try to connect with her on LinkedIn, for example, and try to make exactly some connections. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to come off my screen share for one moment because I lost everybody on the. Uh, I put my screen too far away and I lost everyone. So let's go yeah. again and see. Okay. This, this, this project has ended. Has ended? Yeah, absolutely. That's. That's okay. I mean, we obviously would look for something a bit more real time. Mm -hmm. But if Laura is involved in this and has done this before, this project may have ended, but she's definitely up to something else. She's still working in this space. And the idea is you just use this to open the door. You know, you don't necessarily yeah. need to sell the insurance for the geopark, but it's a way of qualifying who's doing what and how do you find the right people. And this, again, this is one of 130 results. We just go through the process. We'll take this one even just for a bit of a more updated one. This is July of last year. 
And we can use Sorry. process again. Sam, yes. could you just repeat how you uh, got into first place to these websites? Sorry. Yeah, of course. So there's two websites from the top. Indeed is indeed very standard, very straightforward. This website is the one that nobody really knows about, which is the Irish public sector website. It's called eTenders. This is the website that we use. And I'll have the link sent for everybody afterwards. And what I did okay. is is basically I just I just done a bit of hacking on the top here. And I told Google, just put the word site on front of that website. I told Google to find me everything to do with Portugal. And I could go insurance, but I don't know if I'll get it that that well connected. No. I can take out Portugal. I can use insurance. Here's all the 571 insurance brokerages. I know that's not relevant for you, Paolo, but just for demonstration purposes, this is how we can use this particular tool. Yeah, it's cool. So, Sam, yes. sorry. Uh, as far as I can see, uh, this platform or marketplace is like a, a private. You need to uh, you need to to have a an account or a login. You know? No. Uh, no. Okay. No. Because I, I, yeah. I visit. Okay. I'm visiting you. Uh, you uh, EU um, supply .com, and yes, he's so asking for a login. So if you put in, we will get everybody to do this now. Actually, do we need to? Uh, yeah. So that is in the chat there. Let's try that one. Because no. you're right, it will ask you to log in but there's no need to log in for what we're doing here. Now it is a free account. You can get an account, 10 seconds you can be in. But for what we're doing, we're starting with this website here. Now I'll do some other examples. Yeah, through, yeah, go through ahead, the link. Yeah, sorry. Uh, through the link you, you sent, yeah, it's possible to to check the all the tenders. Yeah, but when uh, I go, can I share my screen? Is that is that possible? Yes, yeah, do for a few absolutely. seconds. For a moment, yeah, because I've lost everyone on screen, so that will help me, uh, Henry K. Go for uh, it. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Can you see? Okay, okay my screen now. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, no. I, when I go to you, uh, EU supply.com, he asks for a login. Okay. And we cannot enter, but when I go th through the link you sent, oh, then we can see it. Okay. The, the screen that was asking you to log in is eu.eu .EU supply. It's actually the European version as opposed to the Irish oh. version. Oh, we need to go to the subdomain, Irish subdomain. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Thanks. So, no worries. And thank you for that. I'll provide these links and I'll provide a very short video toolkit as part of this. Okay. So, um, this is basically where I want to show you. So, very quick run through of this just so everybody knows how this can be used. You can see here that there's tenders, there's requests for information, but on the left-hand side, you can see the awards, who the government is awarding contracts to. This by itself is one of the easiest tools. I'll take the very first thing that was published today, media strategy, planning, buy-in services for the Irish Heritage Council. And if I go down the end, it shows me who was the organization that won that contract. And there's even sometimes information about how much money they actually were awarded, 680,000. So this type of information, email addresses, phone numbers, this is the information that you need access to. Now, if you have a digital service, a design service, a creative service, this is perfect for you. If you're doing 
Portuguese specific insurance, you want to find the export programs and the people interacting with the Portuguese market in general. Whatever you're doing, it's about using these keywords and these terms to basically find where possible opportunities for yourself. Now, the point is you want the bow just to bring it back to the presentation here for a moment, and then we'll have a chat. I'll go back to demoing. The arrow is if you want to sell. Hey there, I see you doing this. Let's have a chat. Boom, take them down. But the likes of the people who just won the contracts, the likes of the people working with European projects like Laura, you want to loop in with them and say, you know, what could we do together? I see you're working in this space. Maybe we could have a chat. So I'll finish on this for the next three minutes. There is a structure we want to aim for. And this is the most important part of the whole program. You don't want to just take them down. The bow is great, but that will run out. You'll run out of arrows. What you want to use is the lasso, and you want to create a loop between you and them, between me and you, between who you're targeting and your own organization. This is about circular relationships. And the idea is that there's a back and a forward. You don't just try and hit them. There's a back and a forward. There's a give and a take. Right now, this is really important when we talk about partnership development. You are one partner. Let's say I'm the other partner. We talk, we explore, we see where we can add value to each other. The idea being that it's this bit in the middle, right? This bit in the middle that we're looking for. And there's something, my company is called Consortia Co. There's something called a consortium, if you're familiar with that word. And it's when me and you, or me, you and Arnold, or anybody else, comes together and creates a consortium, which is just for the project, just for that tender. Let's work together, let's collaborate. And this is the way, this is the trick to get access to the European grants, to the national grants, to the national tenders. Because realistically, you may be able to do this by yourself, you just come in and knock on the door and win. But if you find those people in those different territories, loop in, create a collaboration, and then go and try and sell. That's the idea of this particular strategy. Great job, Sam. Yeah. Okay, so to finish, and then we'll question. very briefly, have three more slides, right? Just to finish, this is the prompt. This bit at the very beginning, the thing that's flashing, is all about value. So I'm asking you, and then I'll answer the question. I won't ask you this to answer, but think about what value do you create? Because if you can tell me what value you create, I can tell you my value and we compare them together. And that's how we create a consortium in essence. Okay. Can I give uh, the example of one of the values that we provide is that uh, I'm from StrongStep, CEO of StrongStep, Pedro Enriquez. And we help companies to go for bigger bids, bigger customers, because we help them uh, standardize and being certified. So then they can uh, go to bigger bids, which sometimes they actually require being ISO certified or CMMI certified. So we have uh, helped uh, customers getting really big businesses. Yeah. Opportunity. Okay. So um, that's a one question. Uh, this, Pedro, one moment. Yeah. These standards is they are right, they are also for the Portuguese uh, market. Let's say it. Yeah, you have the same in Portugal. You'd have the Portuguese national tendering, and then you'd have European contracts that the European fund, which is over 200,000 euros. And you know the links? Can you share it with us? 
I actually don't I don't know the Portuguese website. I can show you the European one briefly, and then Pedro Enriquez, I'll come back to your question in in a very quick second. So there is a website called TED.Europa, and this is for contracts over two hundred thousand euros. I'll share this link afterwards. You can then go business opportunity and pick Portugal from the list and click a few buttons. Again, I have a video, slightly different format, but you can see, I think I picked Poland. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Let's go back, back step, back step. Portugal. Okay, contracts. Okay, so we can see here, printing, air conditioning, audio visual reproduction, software. So yes, there is an opportunity here and you can do the exact same thing. You can just look at the other side of this coin who's winning these contracts and you use the exact same approach. Just to say though, I'll just do a quick analysis here. Um, Ireland has 848 current opportunities. Portugal has 500, so not that much of a difference, but uh, a little bit less. But we can see here the likes of Netherlands and Italy and other countries, France have a significantly higher percentage. Uh, Enrique, uh, oh, sorry, Pedro, big pardon, Pedro Enriquez, um, that idea of the certification, is very valuable. So when we talk about what value you can provide, the people on those platforms, they know how to tender. You know, they probably have their own systems. It's the people that are trying to get onto that program would be better initially for you. So you can look and use the keywords like tender preparation or business development program. That's one step before. But equally, take one step beyond what's coming down the line. ISO 20400, sustainable procurement. Nobody has that yet. Everybody will need it. Sustainability, sustainability or? Yeah, sustainability procurement, sustainable procurement. I think it's 20400, if I'm right in that. If I'm wrong, I'll, I'll clarify in the email. Um, that's something everyone will need in a few years time with the new sustainability criteria. I, I don't know anyone who has that. So be ahead of the curve as well as look at who's in the pipeline, you know? This has been a production of the IPBN in partnership with Pink Room. For more information, visit us online at island-portugal.com and on LinkedIn at Island Portugal Business Network. For more IPBN podcasts, find us on Spotify or visit our website for the full list of episodes.